Breaking news. The first, the first source I heard it from was Rowdy Razor, Nelson Razbeck, about one minute ago as, we, as he opened up his computer and up plopped ESPN. And then I went on Twitter and I see Ken Rosenthal tweeting about it 30 minutes ago. Jeff Passan tweeting about it a couple hours ago. In the wee hours of the morning, if, if the timeline is correct, when Jeff Passan tweeted about it, it would be at 4 a.m. In the wee hours of the morning. Your Milwaukee Brewers have signed Jackie Bradley Jr., the former Boston Red Sox center fielder, Jackie Bradley Jr., to a two-year, $24 million deal. That deal also includes an opt-out after the first year, a source uh, says familiar with the contract. Rowdy, that's how you start a show with breaking news, baby. That's how, that's how good the breaking news is. It fires itself without me even touching it. That's how you start the show, Rowdy. How the hell that happened? Yeah, I was not anticipating to open up my computer and see Jackie Bradley Jr. signs with Brewers. I also was not anticipating that either. <laughs> I, I looked at you and go, right on top of the headlines, Jackie Bradley Jr. signs with Brewers. You're like, what? I go, huh? As, as you probably had just done the uh, updates less yeah. than an hour ago. Yeah. I was. Uh, it's funny because I was looking at the the headlines, but I guess I didn't. One, two, three, four. It was the fifth one down. I guess I only went four down. Unbelievable, dude. I had no idea. And neither did you to the open of that computer. So there you go. Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, spent eight seasons with the Boston Red Sox. Now he's joining the, obviously, Milwaukee Brewers. Wow, what happens with Lorenzo Cain? I have a lot of questions now. I have tons I have tons of questions. Uh, so he's 30 years old. He's a center fielder. He won a gold glove in 2018. His uh, acrobatic catches in Fenway were a staple part of his highlight films. But, Nelly, isn't there already a gold glover who gets paid, I guess, a lot more money? Isn't there already a gold glover in center field for the Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, Lorenzo Cain is currently the Brewers center fielder. He's we, also the highest paid player on the team. Have we seen him play yet? We have not. He was he was supposed to, I believe they said he was going to take at least the first week to get ready and get his legs under yeah, him. His legs not under going him. to see him in action, I think it was, until maybe this Sunday. Yeah, he did say he'd be ready for opening I, day, but will he be ready for opening day for the Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, coming into the season, there was a lot of red flags for me on Lorenzo Cain. I have seen through Twitter and through some people that are there that he doesn't look that great. And that's why they're pushing him back. Like, he doesn't look ready. Obviously, you have clips from Craig Council. We've had clips from Lorenzo Cain and comments. And yeah. they're saying everything's fine. But I've kind of heard the opposite. And I kind of felt that way going into the year that we might see some of these negative uh, things. Because, I mean, he, well, the guy is going to be 35 years old before the yeah, season starts. Yeah, he said his legs aren't there. He wasn't here last year. And he's coming off his worst season as a, as a pro in 2019. I... <laughs> And he's making, by the way, with the, with the signing of Jackie Bradley Jr., you now have four outfielders, all of which that make over $10 million yeah. a year. Your outfield, Your is, outfield is stacked with the cash. Your outfield is 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 a cash cow back there. <laughs> you have, you have. Uh, so what the, the hell is going to happen? I don't, so let's. Is there going to be no Lorenzo Cain then moving Your forward? Your highest paid outfielder is now Lorenzo Cain at $16 million. You have Christian Yelich, who's your second highest paid outfielder, who, by the way, his numbers jump next season because the extension kicks yeah. in. So he's at $14 million this year. Then now with the signing of Jackie Bradley Jr., you have him at $12 million. And then mm. obviously Garcia, so. 
who is just under 11, I believe. <laughs> so Jesus, that, that is a lot of money, especially when you're looking at the Brewers and their um, their payroll. Yeah, they've been cutting, slashing, cut, 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 cut. I think they're up to about $88 million now. But if you go back and look what that outfield is between four players... It was like, that's isn't that's that like, probably about five eighths of their payroll. I don't say isn't that like the majority, like almost the majority of it. So Jackie Bradley Jr. a two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal with the Milwaukee Brewers, an opt-out after the first year. What happens to Locaine? Yeah, that payroll of roughly eighty-seven million, fifty, roughly fifty-three million of that is strictly just in those those four outfielders. Wow, and incredible. only three people play in the outfield. This isn't so, uh, softball <laughs> where you have a rover. That's great. I, I gotta imagine that Locaine is something's going to happen with Locaine. Because, Rowdy, weren't the Brewers talking about slashing payroll and cutting payroll, this and that with payroll? He's and also they keep been spending linked. more money. He's also been linked in, to in the, trade whispers with the Padres. Yeah, to the team the Brewers beat yesterday in Cactus League action, the Padres. I'm, I told you weeks ago, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm for, up for it, too. Well, months ago with just getting rid of Lorenzo Cain. Well, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you rather get younger? Don't you want to get younger? Well, Jackie Bradley Jr. He's is not, what Lorenzo Cain has been the last couple seasons yeah. and he's five years younger and is making less money and he's got a gold glove and he's got a decent bat. I mean, low Kane, low Kane played what five games last season. Jackie Bradley jr. Uh, batted two eighty three with seven home runs, 22 RBIs, five stolen bases and an eight one four OPS and a career low K rate of 22.1% in 55 games of 2020. Uh, Jackie, Bla- B- Jackie Bradley jr. Has some power in his bat. Let's see here. In the 2018 ALCS with Houston, Bradley had two-run homer and a grand salami, helping him earn MVP honors for that series. He ha- is a streaky hitter. In 2016, he hit safely in 29 straight games, but his tendency to pull too much has led to mediocre batting averages. He's a career 239 hitter with 98 home runs, 376 RBIs, and his OPS is 732, and an all-star in 2016 and throw that gold glove in 2018. Well, before... I mean, he sounds fine to me. Yeah, before Lorenzo Cain... Return to the Brewers. He was basically hitting for the most part number two in the lineup for the Kansas City Royals because he truly isn't a true leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Well, now you sign Kest- or Colton Wong. Colton Who Wong's a true, true going leadoff. to be the leadoff hitter. He should be the leadoff hitter. I don't anticipate the fact that uh, Lorenzo Cain will be batting second. No, you have to move. He's now moved down the lineup because he's not a big bopper. You don't want him in the middle of your order. So now he's a more of a bottom of your order hitter. That's exactly where Jackie Bradley Jr. would fall in line. What a what a story to wake up to, Rowdy. What a wow, incredible. This is nice. I'm I like, smiling. I'm smiling too. I love it. I'm glad that we get breaking news right away at six in the morning, and we got um, younger and cheaper at the position, you know, uh, center field, and a guy that is is good. Well, we only got younger and cheaper at center field if they move Lorenzo Cain. Yeah, that's, that's true. I I would have to imagine there's got to be something in the works for Lorenzo Cain. What? Well, how much money are they going to stick in that outfield? What did you say? It was how much of their payroll? Yeah, roughly out of the $87 million they've now spent on payroll, 53 of it is in the outfield between just those four players. Wow. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Low Kane's got to well, be. Do we dare talk about it? There was also whispers of Christian Yelich being traded. Yeah, I'm, we're going to talk about it today, Rowdy. There's uh, Josh Hader as well. Was there anyone else? It was Hader, Yelly, Kane. I think I saw Avisel Garcia. Garcia. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. No. So obviously that makes sense. Three out of the four uh, outfielders have been uh, rumored to maybe be in trade talks. And, they the just signed, and you just signed a guy. 
Yeah, and uh, the Jackie Bradley Jr., that's been a, what, swirling around for, what, two weeks now? Yeah, probably, probably somewhere in there. And I think the Josh Hader's been swirling around for, like, two seasons now. Um, the Padres linkage with Low Kane or Hader or both or Yelly, that's been swirling around for a week and a half. week and a half. So very, very intriguing to see what happens here. Um, yeah, we have all kinds of time to talk about it. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, you know, they got, and the Padres, how about this, Rowdy? It wasn't on radio yesterday, but the game against the, the baseball team from Cleveland, you can check on the radio today, starting at uh, 2 o'clock here in the zone. But the Brewers beat I think the Padres. That also might be televised. We, we want them listening to the radio, but yeah, radio first, and if it is on television, check it there. But yes, but Brewers, Padres yesterday, Brewers come or break the 5-5 tie in the eighth inning by Garrett Cole. Brewers win 8-5. to uh, Cactus League action now 3-1. and one. It was nice little win for the Brewers. I know at the end, Rowdy, it was a bunch of players we'll probably never see in the majors, but you said you were watching on TV. What uh, what jumped out at you? Well, one, it was the, the first four or five innings with the Brewers and Padres because the majority... They got 4 nothing right away, weren't they? Yeah, the majority of the, the guys that pitched from both sides... And I would say probably 70% of the guys in the lineup were guys that you're going to see on the big league roster or make the big league was team. Was it Rasmussen so it was, got the start? Yeah, it was a lot of uh, competitive baseball. It wasn't like you mentioned at the end where it's a lot of guys that will probably never see the major leagues this year and yeah. are minor league farmhands. This was actually guys that are continu- contending for roster spots and or have roster spots. So yeah, it's I mean it's nice to see it's nice to see production for those guys and to see if some of you prospects can get it done, which is it's always nice. But yeah, to see what Drew Rasmussen got the start for the crew, he threw uh, a hitless a pair of hitless innings. I thought I was reading yesterday from maybe Adam McKelvey that they wanted to stretch him out. And no, then, Rasmussen looked really good. He looked on point. I know he walked two batters, but in those two walks, he was just barely missing his spots. And for the most part, Rasmussen looked good. They obviously they didn't have a a gun on him. Because of spring training, yeah. there was no, um, there was no mile per hour gun that they had normally on on the TVs. But I would say he was probably hitting mid nineties. He was bringing it pretty good. So then what? The Raptor came back in. Uh, Suter, then Topa, then uh, Perdomo. T- yeah, Topa's uh, Topa's two seam fastball looked nasty. I saw that all over Twitter. Like they're like, dude, check this pitch out, and it was the the filth. It was yeah, dirty. I, I would say if you look at the two Brewer pitchers that uh, pitched yesterday, the two that impressed me the most were Rasmussen and Topa. Suter was just kind of same old, same old Suter. Yeah, worked fast, got guys out. Yeah, that's, and that's what you want from him. So yeah, I saw. I was uh, all over Twitter, it was the the uh, the two seamer that was awesome, and it was, I think, Council talking about stretching Rasmussen out, so you might see more of him getting like you know, maybe, yeah, th- think, maybe three innings coming up. I here. think I saw Adam McAlvey was talking about some of Craig Council's comments, saying how they kind of want to use Drew Rasmussen somewhat like they've used Brent Suter, a guy that yep, can spot yeah, start here and I there or eat up innings out of the bullpen. Yeah, so and I'm, he's a young guy too. Yeah. Man, Brewers, Brewers, I know it's Cactus League, but my God, there's all the news for the Brewers has been good news. This Jackie Bradley Jr. news of them getting the, the signing in center field, that's, that's good news, but for maybe everyone besides Lorenzo Cain and maybe Yelly or maybe Yavisel Garcia because they've been all linked to trades and you know maybe even bad news for Josh Hader. We got our guy Doug and Shano. What's up, Dougie? He says, love Hader. I don't want him to go. Uh, well, Dougie, I, I can't make you any promises. But he has been rumored. God, for uh, when did the rumors even start for Hater? Was it two years ago? or Was it longer? I think it was 2019. He has been he has been uh, rumored on the chopping block for well, not the chopping block the trade block for a long time. 
So I don't know, Dougie. Hopefully you don't have yourself a hater jersey because uh, I don't want to see you crying here in a little bit in the corner. But, yeah, Rowdy, everything for the Brewers has been coming out just roses. They're 3-1 and one in Cactus League action. A lot of the guys fighting for roster spots for the crew have been looking good. Uh, it's always nice to see the prospects looking good. It's nice to see Garrett Mitchell, uh, the 2020 first-round pick for the Brewers, to have uh, some flair yesterday when he broke up the tie with an RBI single then later scored the final run to give the Brewers their third win in four games because Garrett Mitchell didn't really get to do anything last year, correct? Yeah, he was uh, the first-round pick, obviously, out of uh, UCLA for the Brewers last season. Yeah. Well, there was only that summer camp where they had those locations. Brewers was in Appleton. And, yeah, he didn't really get the normal the normal draft year where you go and play like at rookie ball and then you go play fall league. He didn't he didn't get any of that. He I was believe. just sitting around, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he might have been I don't remember. Oh, he he might have been invited to the summer camp I just think he to did. do a few things, but it yeah, it really wasn't much at all. But the guy we interviewed on the air, uh was he the Brewers fourth round pick? Joey Weimer. Yeah, Joey Weimer. He was like we're like, Yeah, where are you calling from, Joey? He's like, Oh, I'm sitting on my porch in Michigan. And then I yeah, don't think, I think he ever left the porch. I think the only guy that was invited to anything was Garrett Mitchell, Garrett Mitchell the yeah. number one overall pick. And, hey, he's two for three in his first uh, three at-bats in Cactus League. Unbelievable. So everything for the Brewers coming coming out roses. I know they had that one loss, but it's not like uh, they didn't have their opportunities. The Brewers did have the bases loaded in their one loss. And in that one loss, they gave up two runs. Pitching staff yeah. still looked good. It was They lost, what, two to one? They had the bases loaded in, I think it was a seven-inning game. And uh, just... Couldn't come to fruition, but still, I mean, Cactus League at the end there, but still, it's everything else has been awesome for the Milwaukee Brewers. And when you're watching the game, you sit there and you go, hey, you know, it's spring training, wins, losses don't matter, success doesn't matter that much, but it's nice to see. It was kind of funny because right when Reyes popped that home run for the Brewers, yeah. early in the game in the fourth inning, Padres instantly called the inning. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're done. So here you go. Brewers have increased their payroll. Coming off a season with no ticket revenue. So everyone's saying that they need to, you know, spend more. They are. But my question is, are they going to cut again? Is is Lorenzo Cain getting dealt? Or is someone in that outfield getting dealt? That's a crowded outfield now, Rowdy. Give me the stat again yeah. of how much money is in the outfield. Yeah, so $53 million between those four players in the outfield. What's their payroll? 80-something? It's about $87 million now with the Jackie Bradley Jr. news. And uh, what about Derek Fisher? Yeah, Derek, Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher had two hits yesterday. Him. He was a guy that was acquired not too long ago in a trade where they actually gave up some cash and low-level prospects for Derek Fisher, who you would imagine at the time would have probably, because he was out of options, probably be your fourth outfielder starting the season. <laughs> what's going what's gonna to happen with him now, What's too? going on in the Brewers' outfield? <laughs> Rowdy broke it to me at about 6.01 as the Strohs intro was firing this morning. He's like, hey, did you see that the Brewers got Jackie Bradley Jr.? I'm like, eh? $24 million two-year deal with an opt-out after the first year. So, um, wow. Jeff Passant tweeted out at 3.28 a.m. And then the follow-up tweet was, go back to bed, everyone. Cool story coming in in a few hours. So, it's a it's. Could you say that, Rowdy? It's essentially a one-year deal then if you can opt out after the first year. Like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean for Low Kane? What does it mean for Avisal Garcia? What does it mean for Christian Yelich? I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr., a center fielder who's got a gold glove, uh, younger than Lorenzo Kane and cheaper than Lorenzo Kane, similar stick as Lorenzo Kane, I guess. What does this mean? What, are we going to be seeing Lorenzo Kane being bye-bye? I think that could be a real possibility. I, 
I don't know for a fact, but I don't know why you'd want to pay between four guys in the outfield $53 million when the rest of your your team's payroll is 87 to $88 million now with that signing. And aren't the Brewers, like, wanting to cut salary? Like, wasn't that the, the guys there, the, the optics they were selling us I mean, on? we did find out all the baseball teams still have more money than God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so At least for the next three years. Yeah, you can say you want to cut. And, and you that. can also go and look at what their salary was in 2019, mm-hmm. the last year before, obviously, the 2020 pandemic season. And they're still well below that because their salary in 2019 was $136 million. Yeah, Their salary going into 2020 before, obviously, the shrinkage due to only playing 60 games would have been $112 million. So, I mean, they're still well short of that. You have to go back to... Uh, 2018, when they acquired Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich, Mike Moustakis halfway through that season, they even have a lower salary than that season. I mean, so really, this Brewers uh, payroll right now is the cheapest it's been since 2017. So it's still a relatively cheaper Brewers payroll. I mean, it's not like they weren't competitive either in 2017. Memory serves me correct. One game away. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they were pretty damn good that year. So pretty crazy, man. Yeah, 2017 was when they they finished one game. Four outs away? One game. No, that was one game out of the uh, <laughs> the uh, playoffs. Yeah. And then, obviously, 18, one game away from the World Series. Remember when they gave Wade Miley the early hook? I do. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to bring it up. Game two. <laughs> un, un, unbelievable. Guess if game they would have won that Let's game, that. probably. Un, oh, my God. It just away. makes me sick. All right, so there you go. I mean. Jackie Bradley Jr., now a Milwaukee Brewer. All right, boys, speaking of the Brewers, it's something that I wanted to revisit because we've, we we got our answer a lot faster than I thought we would have. We had a Twitter poll. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm to scroll down here on Twitter, but before I do that, I did, I did just scroll by this. On March 27th, I want to get this on everyone's frontal lobe. Bob, I would love to have you there, brother. On March 27th, I'll play all the ACDC for you too if you want. On March 27th, it's a Saturday, from noon to 4 p.m., uh, Rowdy set this up. We're going to the Madison Indoor Golf Center, and we have it blocked off from noon to 4. $50 for four hours of golf simulator fun. We're going to have like a little tournament, a little contest going on. Well, bring the boys, as right now it's 28 people can go. But I think with the new... Um, what order that Dane County has, we now can have more people in. But right now we're going 28. We'll get to, we'll work some more out, but feel free to sign up more people. $50 gets you four hours of golf. We're going to have a raffle. We're going to have prizes for winners and maybe the loser as well. The Madison Indoor Golf Center has a full bar uh, menu. They got food. They got drinks. They're pouring doubles, they said. And it's going to be an awesome time. We'll have March Madness on. (laughs) We'll have uh, hockey on as well. As who wouldn't want to love and get out, you know, out and about with the boys and the girls, whoever we want on, everyone in between, and go golfing, the people. Yeah, it'll probably be one of your last opportunities to go and get some golf swings in before courses start opening. Because, yeah, it's probably going to be wet and soggy out there. Why not get the golf all dialed in? So if you go to madcitysportszone.com, you can find right there on the top there, it says the, the golf simulator outing or if you scroll down a bit you can see the the logo and we've done something very similar to this a few years ago and awesome. i'll say from experience it was a blast yeah, it was awesome it was so much fun so if you do this on your lonesome let's say you want to go here on your lonesome 
it would cost you $30 just for one hour of golf on the simulator. We have four hours of pure, unadulterated fun. Four hours for just 50 bucks. So madcitysportsone.com, go get signed up. Going to be awesome. All right, boys. So I saw, sorry, I saw that one scrolling down Twitter. As, <laughs> as I keep scrolling down Twitter at, Mad, or at uh, Zone Madison, we had a Twitter poll. And the Twitter poll right here was on February 26th. <laughs> that was last Friday, not even a week ago. Which is more likely to happen? Badger basketball wins two of three. Now they had that stretch where it was what? Um, was it Illinois, Purdue, and then finishing with Iowa? So which is more likely to happen? Badgers basketball wins two of three. J.J. Watt signs with the Green Bay Packers. Or the Brewers, your Milwaukee Brewers, win the NL Central. Well, winning the poll at 39% was Badger basketball winning two of three. That's, <laughs> they're 0 and 2. They're 0 and 2. So that's, that's not happening. That's out of the, the realm of possibility. They can only go without one of two. One of, they can go. I think, one. okay, you always say it. You always say it. We have the smartest listeners. We do. I think they took the day off. Oh, Don't do that. I'm trying to drink coffee. All right. <laughs> yeah. You might be right. So Badger basketball wins two of three, won the poll at 39%. Second place at 35.3% was the Brewers winning the NL Central. That still could come to fruition. And in last place was J.J. Watt signing with the Green Bay Packers. Well, we know that J.J. Watt is now signed with the Arizona Cardinals. So of the Twitter poll, which is more likely to happen, the only thing left that could potentially happen, because the Badger basketball, they did not win two of three. J.J. Watt did not sign with the Packers. The only thing left that came in second place was Brewers winning the NL Central. Boys, can it happen? Because it's the last thing that hopefully could come to fruition in this freaking poll. Yeah, when we had that poll, what, about a week ago now, the Badger one was comical to me. That was never even a, <laughs> a doubt in my mind that that wouldn't come true. And then it was more or less, I guess, your your heart was saying, I hope, J.J. Watt. But when, my you, head, lo- my head when you looked at it and you used your head, and this is the way I voted, Brewers to win the NL Central made the most sense. Okay, well, let me ask you. We said head, heart, gut for J.J. Watt. And head said no. My heart said yes. Gut said yes for me. But you guys all said no, 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 right? Yeah. No, no, no. And then you guys talked me into Well, you give in the peer, you give in the peer pressure yeah. easy. But no, no, no. But all right. In my head, heart, and gut for the Badgers winning two of three, my head said no. My heart said, <laughs> my heart said yes. And my gut said no. For the Brewers and Rowdy, you guys probably no, no, no for you? Yeah. Being... RJ? Yeah, I mean, you went no, no, I couldn't no have said no faster. But I still picked I, two I out of three because no <laughs> I thought it had the best chance I actually had. Okay, so the last thing that possibly comes to fruition now is the Brewers winning the NL Central. Brewers winning the NL Central. What does your speak it into existence? What does your head say? What does your heart say? What does your gut say? Rowdy, we'll start with you. My head says that uh, <laughs> it's going to be a competitive division. <laughs> I don't know if that's, they win it. That's a My heart so that's says a no. so. So yeah, I'd say <laughs> you say when no. there's four teams in it, I'll go with no. They don't win it, but it'll be very competitive. Mm-hmm. My heart says I think they have the bats and the pitching this year to do it. So I'll say that they will three and one in Cactus League. My gut says should have used a fourth option. They'll finish in second for none of the above. Okay, I'll do a new Twitter poll here. <clears throat> Excuse me, RJ. So Rowdy, you going with no head, yes heart, and gut was. My gut says they'll finish in second, so no, they so, won't okay. win the division. So no, yes, no. RJ? No, no, no. Just like that? Yep. No, no, no? That's just the way it's going this year. So head says no, heart says no, gut says no. Correct. My head says no, 
just because I think the Cardinals are going to win the division. My, and I think the Brewers will be second, so that's a no. My heart says yes because, to Rowdy's point, have the hitting, uh, potentially have the hitting. Plus there's have still the pitching. that, that uh, fact that there's four teams, all of which will probably be relatively close for the majority of the season when you have the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Reds, and the Cubs. Yep. No one is going to be the dominant team in that division. My, no one's going to run and hide and win like 100 games. My gut for the Brewers says yes, just because... I love what I'm seeing and hearing when I'm listening to the zone here, the Brewers. I, I know it's spring training. I know it's Cactus League, whatever. I know it's four games in. But I love what I'm seeing from the guys who are going to be on the roster so so far. I love it. You can, I just can feel something special with the Brewers. And maybe my gut's rumbling to go to American Family Fields parking lot, eat some brats, and uh, could be chug it. some brewskis. But, all right, so RJ goes, no, no, no. no Head, no, no. heart, gut, no, no, no. I'm going, no, yes, yes. And Rowdy's going, no, yes, no. We got a nice little... No one had one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I want to put out a Twitter poll. Okay, so what would be the undoing then of the Brewers for your head then for no? Uh, Cardinals, we talked about obviously being the best and then potentially the best because they've made the most moves, correct? Well, what does this Jackie Bradley Jr. move know now for the Brewers? Does that put them up there with the, uh, the Cardinals? I think we have to wait and see how this plays out. You have to wait and see how it exactly shakes out because to I'm going to say that there's going to be 90% of me thinks there's going to be another move. Yeah. Oh, I before, agree. Before the, the season actually starts, and you won't see one of these four guys on the Brewers. Yeah, mm. probably not. And the undoing also for the Brewers could be in their own house that the sticks just don't show up, like last year. Like Yelly still struggles, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, Hira struggles, which you already see him hitting dingers. Yeah. Well, th- well, that's the thing. I think if you look at a lot of the rosters, Brewers might have like the most upside when it comes to the both on the pitching side and the hitting side. Mm-hmm. But what do we know about upside and ceilings? You don't always reach them. Yeah, exactly. Just look at baseball and prospects. It looks like, and, and for the most part, none of the Brewers' prospects reach them. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Bulldog. Fuller, what's up, brother? Hey, Fuller, literally one second. I just got to do this. Oh, come on. All right, Fuller, sorry, brother. What's up? What's happening, homie? No worries. A lot of no's going out there for the division winner. Hey, I had no yes, yes. That's good. That's good. But, I'm Nelson, I'm disappointed in you. I thought you were – I thought you would – Hold strong on them winning the division. Hey, I was the only one of us three clowns that actually said that the Brewers were three were clowns. the best option for actually happening. Well, then why do you have two no's and a yes? That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have two option. yeses, Fuller. I have two yeses, Maxwell. So if you go back to 2018, the last time they won the division, tell me what part of that team looks way better than the, the team they have this year. Like, what pieces did they have in 2018 that they don't have this year? In fact... That's a good question. I, I might actually say their roster looks better this year than it did in 2018. I would say 2019, I would have had a little bit more... Uh, okay, well, Fuller, I'll say this then. For 2018, you did have a Christian Yelich who was hitting... Uh, what is he hitting here? 326. Oh, he was the MVP. Yeah, you had an MVP yeah, in Yelich. But at this time, at this time in 2018, nobody thought no, Yelich would hit true. over 270. That's true. I'll that's tell true. you this, Fuller. I think at the start of 2021 versus the start of 2018, I think looking at the pitching rotation, you have more options and you have probably better options because a lot of people were not buying into Jolice Chassin. A lot of people weren't buying into Wade Miley. 
So there were there were a lot of uh, non-believers in the rotation going into eighteen. I think I think this year they just have, as far as starting pitching goes, they just have so many options that it's almost impossible not to find five guys that are pretty consistent. Okay, well, I look, mean, it, yeah, I mean, to your point, let's see, let's the starting pitching. Yulisha Sheen that year went fifteen and eight. Chase Anderson nine and eight. Junior Guerra went six and nine. Nice. Suter eight and seven. What? <laughs> Sorry, I just was. Thinking, I'll tell you when we get to break. Oh, Fuller, I'm sorry, Fuller. I don't mean to take your airtime. What's you? You keep keep going, Fuller. You're good. Well, no, it's all. <laughs> I mean, I who I just I feel like Woodruff is better than any pitcher we had in 2018. Uh, Burns is also probably better than any pitcher we had in 2018. Uh, Hauser has potential to be better than any pitcher we had in 2018. Uh, the bullpen is just as just as good, if not better. Um, I, the people that aren't being talked about in the bullpen right now, Justin Topa, Drew Rasmussen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when. I don't know how teams are going to score runs once we get off office starters. Like, if Josh Lindblom can get us to the fifth inning and only give up three runs, chances are pretty good the Brewers are going to win the game. I mean, Fuller, that, you're making some good points here, man. You're, I mean, you're you're spot on with the starting pitching rotation because. You look at it, I don't know, man. I, I would rather take what they have now than what they had then. I mean, Wade Miley was the big surprise. Yulisha Sheen, who thought 15 wins. But, yeah, to your point, I feel more confident now in the Brewers than I did yeah, going well, into 2018. We, we even made it almost a full month into the season, and people were still throwing Jolie's Chassin under the bus. Yeah. When he didn't have his best stuff coming into spring training. Rowdy and you could it. tell that he had a little bit of a dead arm. And I, I literally said on these airwaves, Give him five starts, and we'll see where he's at, and we'll regroup. By about that fifth start is when he started coming around. That is true. I can vouch. The other the other thing that they're going to have going for him this year is I don't know if there's going to be a team in the league that's going to be better defensively. So even if they don't pitch great, it's going to get masked because they're going to save so many runs defensively. I mean, that was a big problem for them last year. They were not a very good defensive team. They literally are going to go from, like, worst to first in one year. Especially adding Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, that's well, Fuller. What happens with Jackie Bradley Jr. now? What like I mean, what do you think? You put your put your GM cap on now. You're David Stearns. I, I'm I'm anointing you Brewers GM. You are now our, uh, Maxwell Stearns. So what happens? Uh, Lorenzo Cain is he getting traded? Are they just keeping everyone? Are they what what happens? I, I mean, I could see it happening. I don't think it would happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but I could see it happening. That he, gets, he gets traded, but it'd have to be for, like, a king's ransom. Um, my gut's telling me that, especially since it's a two-year deal and you got Kane on a two-year deal, like, if they sign him to a four-year deal, I could see them trading Kane just because they're saying, okay, he, he, he he's the next center fielder. But since they're kind of on the same deal, I, I – I think they're just going to do what they have in the past. I mean, Ryan, you know, they had Ryan Braun, Domingo Santana, Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain. I, they're just going to have a four-man rotation. They're all going to get about 400 at-bats except for Yelly, who's going to get 500 at-bats. Yeah. I mean, Cain's to the point now where he can't be an everyday, seven-day-a-week starter. So, And obviously, El Garcia is right-handed. Jackie Bradley Jr. is left-handed. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna have a great ro- rotation in the outfield. It's so Sucks for guys like Tyrone Taylor and Derek Fisher because they're never going to sniff a. You think Tyrone Taylor should uh, go um, re-interview with FedEx then, like he did last year? No, actually, I think he's having a pretty good spring. He might he be is. a decent trade ship. Good luck following that up, G Dub, the man of the golden voice, Kevin. Right, I was just going to say it's a hard <laughs> one to follow. What's up, brother? What's happening? Not much. Hey, just speaking of uh, Artie, or, uh, Bob Euchre, YouTube. 
so you want to laugh and get a different side of Bob Euchre, YouTube, Artie Lang, and Norm MacDonald. Have you seen oh. that? I don't, yes. Can yes. I, I don't know if I can air that. No, you can't. If Artie Lang's in, I don't think I can air it. But, yeah, I'll, I'll do that off air. Yeah. Is that is that the one uh, Norm MacDonald's telling the story on uh, Letterman? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But there, and then there's also one where he's on Howard Stern. Yeah. If you have time, yeah. it, it's a different side of Bob. And it's awesome. Like, it's he's hilarious. A legend. It makes him even more of a legend. Uh, dude, Bob, awesome. it, Bob Uecker is my favorite announcer of all time. That dude is timeless. Oh, and I don't know if you saw far. this, G-Dub. Uh, Bob Uecker finally signed a contract with the Brewers, the biggest signing ever for the Milwaukee Brewers, and it happened just a couple days ago. Bob Uecker. So Bud Selig and Mark Ananasio, they had a, a, a handshake agreement with Bob Uecker all the way back to 1971 that he would just literally call games. Uh, for the Brewers because uh, Euchre had uh, health benefits via the Screen Actors Guild, but they discontinued the coverage at the end of 2020 for his health insurance. So Bob then signed a contract with the Brewers for the first time ever uh, this year. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just a handshake (laughs) deal for Bob to go work for the Brewers before, which is incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. He's he's legendary. He is. Uh, G-Dub, anything else on your mind? No, that's it, man. Just just, you got Euchre on the mind? Yeah, yeah, well, I just heard him talk about Uke, and I remember watching it on YouTube, and I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. Uh, Anybody who hasn't seen it has to YouTube it. You're not going to stop laughing. Ajita, before I let you go, brother, um, I did see that the and you, your number one team is the Washington football team. I, yeah, oh, I yeah. did see that they're starting, um, instead of having cheerleaders, they're going to have a co-ed dance team. A, yes. little, a little birdie told me that they're looking for an anchor. Are you going to try out? Are you going to put on your leotard to go try out for the dance team? Is it called an anchor or post? I don't know. Well, whatever. We'll call it the unit. You could be the okay, you could be the, the unit, unit down there. Is it true that, that you and uh, your twin brother uh, Doug yeah. are going to go try out? That would be an awesome kick. Well, you know what huh? the NFL loves, G Dub. They love <laughs> they love twins and yeah, football. And, and you know. And they can have some Native Americans on the sideline, like me and Doug. Yeah, that's, and that's what you and Doug are. What, what, yeah. what tribe are you again, Doug? Or uh, G-Dub? Uh, Menominee. Menominee? Dude, it would be... Yep. Man, I, could you imagine the headlines if that happened? Yeah, right? You guys, I think you guys should do it. I, give me an application. All right, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll find one. I'll find one and send it to you, okay? <laughs> right, See you, brother. Good stuff there from G-Dub and his twin brother, Doug. Guys love football and twins. I think that the, true. was that a bud. Was that a bud? Yeah, it was Bud Light. No, that was Coors Light. Or Coors Light. Was it? Yeah, I think it was Bud. Light. I think they're twins. I think they were thinking <laughs> yeah. of different twins when they did that commercial. Yeah, also, it's like uh, in that episode of The Office when Jim and Pam get married, Dwight comes over to Michael as he's hitting on some. Michael, Michael, twins, twins. twins. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're looking for different twins, but in 2021, G Dub and his twin brother Doug, it works perfectly then. Go get those leotards on, boys, and start trying out for that co-ed dance team. In honor of the phone call we just received, I mean, we had two back-to-back awesome phone calls. And you can get it in as well at 608-321-1670. But uh, first it was our guy Kevin, who is on Monday going to the man with the golden voice. Kevin is going to serenade us with his voice and his extreme knowledge, his deep knowledge of Muhammad Ali and boxing. Because it is uh, boxing now is... YouTube stars, old NBA dunk champions going after like old, I mean, Floyd Mayweather is, is fighting what, Jake, is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? I always forget which one. Logan, Logan I think, is a, fighting a YouTube guy. Floyd Mayweather and Jake is fighting Ben Askren. Yeah, and then Askren, the, the wrestler of Wisconsin ties into MMA UFC, but uh, boxing is nowhere near what it used to be. And our guy Kevin is going to regale us of tales gone by on uh, Monday about Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali. 
And then after that, our guy G-Dub called in. And G-Dub has a twin brother named Doug. And G-Dub and Doug are both obviously twins, and they're both Washington football team fans. They have been their entire lives. Giant Washington football team fans. And I said to G-Dub on air, I said, yo, I, I saw that the football team, Washington football team, is no longer going to have just cheerleaders. They're going to have a co-ed dance team. And I know that G-Dub and Doug are diehard Washington football team fans. And Rowdy brought up a good point. There, There's this commercial that Coors Light had back in the day in the NFL about twins. And I said to G-Dub, how about this? What about you and your brother, your twin brother, you know, the guys like your twins, who doesn't like twins, go and apply for this co-ed dance team for the football team? So I'm look, I dove into it, Rowdy. So there's going to be 36 dancers plus, 36 or more dancers for this co-ed team. And how about this? Washington, the football team, Washington started using cheerleaders in 1962. They eventually became known as the first ladies of football. So Washington was trailblazers when it comes to cheerleaders in football. They had the first ladies of football. They represented the franchise at events locally and around the world, especially in military bases. And what do we know about GW and Doug? I'm pretty sure they're Marines. Two Marines. Two Marines. So if Washington was the first ever to have the ladies of football, why couldn't they have the first ever? The first ever male twins for the football team. The first twins. The first male twins of football of the co-ed team for the Washington football team, Doug and Gina. Yeah, when we were talking about this, the th- the images I was seeing in my head were basically G-Dub and Doug dressed in football team, like cheerleader, yeah. male cheerleader get up yeah. with like a bunch of good looking female cheerleaders that they're like throwing around and doing all these acrobat or yeah, acrobatic, acrobatic displays. Yeah. displays. <laughs> and this song is blaring in the background for their commercial. <laughs> Washington had the first ladies of football. Why can't we have the first male dancers of football? G-Dub and Doug, four twins. Twins! They could be the first male twins of football on that co-ed dancing team. I think it's beautiful. It's perfect. <laughs> it's hilarious. This is hilarious. I I think we got it. I'm trying to find right now a job application because G Dub said he is in. If I find him, oh, you know what? The application. I'm looking for the application. If, if and if they're, twins. Applying, if they're applying via online or satellite type, of, <laughs> do you think that they would have to submit a dance video? Oh, God. Well, Rowdy, you hung out with... Both of them or just G-Dub? I hung out with both of them. Okay, and that was what? Last weekend or two weekends ago? Uh, two weekends ago now. And that was in... Kaka- yeah, it was in Kakana. For team? For team wrestling, state. Wrestling, team yep. state. So I've never met them in person. I've seen pictures, and I've obviously interacted online and the phone calls here at 608-321-1670. Ooh, Doug, by the way, his twin brother Doug says he's in. When you met these two, would you... And we're going to judge a book by their cover. Would you say that they had uh, dancing prowess under their belt? 
I don't know if I would say that, that they have dancing <laughs> prowess under their belt, but they're two bigger guys. Like, you know, when you look at, um, well, they're Marines. Like, yeah. When you look at like the Wisconsin Badgers, like male cheerleaders. Yeah. Like they're bigger guys. Yes. Yeah. They have very similar builds. I'm not saying that they were ever cheerleaders by any means. I don't know if they have any experience, but uh, I could see it. We have actually another listener, Vagabond Johnny, who calls in around the later 8 and 9 o'clock hours. Vagabond Johnny was a cheerleader, male cheerleader, for the Wisconsin Badgers. I should pick his brain of what it takes to be that, I don't know if it's called a base or an anchor or a unit. I don't know what it is. I know G-Dub and Duggar units. But we could have those two guys being the base, the anchor for the Washington football team's co-ed dance team. Yeah, I think uh, we definitely are going to have to have them submit a video to the Washington football team just to make sure they know that they're serious. And we'll have Vagabond, Vagabond John yeah. helping with the choreographs. All right, so Doug and G-Dub, if you could uh, have a video produced of you two dancing or just be having a raw video, Get, produce a video of you two dancing, send it to me and Nelly. And we will put some uh, effects on it and some music, and we'll send it off to the football team. We'll produce it for you. You guys just send us the video. We'll produce it and send it, all right? We want you guys to be the first ever male co-ed dance team twins of football. Washington football team's trailblazers. There you go. They're in. He said, Doug said, we will make a video. <laughs> all right, make it, send it to us, and we'll send it to the football team after we produce it. We'll come right back. If that wasn't weird, we get weirder with news of the weird. <laughs> Next big thing for the Packers is the draft. But before that, there is uh, there's some moves to be made, some deals to be redone, some players to potentially sign, right? And there is going to be a flurry next week. And I love this tweet that Rowdy sent me yesterday from, was it Diana Rossini? She said, quote, just texted with an NFL head coach about the upcoming cuts and what he expects. Quote, it's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. Now, if you're in the camp of Preston Smith being cut by the Green Bay Packers, Brian Gutekunst on the mount, Brian Gutekunst on the podium two days ago, kind of made it clear that Preston Smith is coming back. That surprised me. Are you sure though? Because how many times do we have uh, general managers that come out and say, you know what, he's our guy, you know, we're sticking by him, and then, and then 48 hours later, the guy's packing his bags and on the streets. That's you a you good get point. that quite a bit. A, a GM on a podium has never once been truthful about what actually is happening. They just, speaking of smoke screens, they blow a bunch of smoke up your ass. They say one thing to the public, and then behind the scenes, they're doing something completely different. In fact, GMs could run for government positions and be <laughs> Brian, very good at it. Brian Gutekunst is up there talking about, uh, you know, Preston Smith's our guy. We, we like the season and how he finished it. You know, we gave him this contract two years ago because we saw something, you know, yada, 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 all while he's speaking uh, balls in the back room, cooking up the, yeah. the release papers. Hey, Brian Gutekunst, <laughs> if this Packers GM thing don't work out for you, man, you would be great in politics. So when it comes to other players like Preston Smith, sounds like if you take it at face value of what uh, Goody was talking about, that he's sticking around. But how about this, Rowdy? Something I wanted to talk about. The running back, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, if he hits the open market, will be garnering, gosh, what's the highest you saw? Like 15, 16 mil? I think around 14 mil is what they're looking at for Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, you know, huge part of Packers offense, putting up last two years, putting up 3,017 total yards, 30 touchdowns. So if the Packers don't re sign Jones 
or put the franchise tag on him. He is going to become a free agent on the 17th and garner big money. But if they do franchise tag him, it will cost the Packers just $8 million against the 2021 salary cap. Would you? I'm a fan. The Packers have not franchised someone since 2010. That was Ryan Pickett. The Packers never franchise people. Rowdy, would you be a fan of franchising up Aaron Jones? Eight mil? Potentially. Do you know when the uh do you know when the franchise tag deadline is? I think they have till the seventeenth, to be honest with you. You'll have to go fact check me on that. Uh how about this? Let's hear from Brian Gutekunst. It's March 9th. Oh shoot. Never mind. That's five days away. So that is five days away. So would I be interested in in franchise tagging Aaron Jones? Potentially, if I if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I got to see what type of deals I can work in the next five days. Who can next, I? Yeah, who can I restructure? Who can I cut? What is my plan of attack? So you have the ninth is Tuesday, next Tuesday, and the, apparently there's going to be cuts. Well, the, not apparently there's going to be. You know, salary cap issues just is you know it's down across the league, right? The uh, cap. And there's going to be, according to a bunch of people, there's going to be fast and furious, not talking Vin Diesel, uh, cuts. Or Joe Barry. Well, Joe Barry, yeah, in the NFL. So when it comes to the franchise take, yeah, to your point, let's see what's out there. I Aaron Jones is a beast. He is huge production for the Packers offense. Uh, eight mil, not bad for Jones. But Jamal Williams, you could probably heard, get him for like five million. I saw you? some chatter online from people in the Packers uh, fan base talking about you know, if you did franchise tag Aaron Jones, would he play for eight, eight and a half million dollars? Because on the open market, he's probably going to command twelve to fourteen million dollars. Yeah, he could almost. I feel up. like would he hold I, out? I, I don't know if he would. I'm not Aaron Jones. I think if if I was Aaron Jones, I couldn't hold out because what in what universe has actually holding out not only worked for you where you got your money. But you were still playing at that type of a level because Le'Veon Bell held out. out. He held out. He got his money from the Jets, but he looked like a different player after taking basically a year off. And then they say like the amount of money he Lorenzo Cain this year. Then yeah, yeah. Then they say that Le'Veon Bell ended up losing like an exorbitant amount of money by doing that. Like it was something. I know he he got the big deal. He cashed in. I know he got the big deal, but um, God, could you imagine sitting? He cashed in for he he gave up the whatever whatever that number was, which was pretty high for for just an NFL player at that time. For he gave that up for one season for that long term big time money contract, which is what he was looking for. But he didn't look like the same player when he came back and played no, the next year. No, not at all. And it, I mean it didn't help that he was with the Jets, but just being that <laughs> another year older with really not playing, that that hurt. Yeah, I gotta go look I, at I this feel financials. Like financially But here's the thing, Aaron Jones Aaron Jones is, is um the, one of the ultimate team players, Aaron Jones with the military background, right? The military family. He's the yes, sir, no, sir. He's the I'm going to do everything, what's, not, not what's good for me, but what's good for the team. Now, I know he says that and does that, but what happens when he's got a new agent now and uh, was it Drew, Drew Rosenhaus? Because uh, who's always out to get money? But Aaron Jones has always proven that he's a, he's a team first guy. And uh, I don't know. If you do take the franchise. Well, here, actually, well, let's have Brian Gutekunst talk about it. Yep, what are you going to say? Well, I think financially, if you get franchise tagged, it's smart to take to play on the franchise tag because it's just a one-year deal. You're not taking a year off where you're losing it with your body. And a team can only franchise tag you three times. Yeah. But every single time they franchise tag you, 
your money increases to what that top because you read it off what yeah. that that top five percentage yeah or whatever that is comes into the play. highest guy so you're always it out. yeah you're always going to be making that more money each year mm-hmm. and if you do take that year off if you don't take that money who knows if that if that uh Big time payday is ever going to pan out. I mean, exactly. it, it, it did for Bell, but it hasn't for others. All right, here is Brian Gutekunst talking about they could use uh, the transition or the franchise tag. You could use any tag they want on Aaron Jones. Here's uh, the GM, Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, we certainly could. I think it's something we're working through. I think, uh, again, it's not a philosophical thing to avoid it. I do think it's, it's there's usually better ways to go about it. But certainly, if I think as we get down the road here uh, over the next week or so, if that becomes what is in the best interest of the Packers, I think we'll do that. But uh, at this point, I, we haven't done that. So, again, to reaffirm that if the GM world doesn't cut off Ryan Gutekunst, he would be perfect in a political position because... <laughs> I mean, you heard, you heard the answer, a.k.a. non-answer. Uh, more on um, franchise tag and Aaron Jones here from Brian Gutekunst. Here you go. Yeah, it's very much case by case. It's not an organization philosophy to not use it. I think uh, every situation is different. It is a tool that is out there for us to use if it if it makes sense for the football team. So you know whether it's a franchise tag, the transition tag, or um, some of the other avenues for us to retain players, it's it's always something we'll look at. And if that's the best situation for us, and we'll go ahead and use it if we need to. So the Packers say it's something they'll always look at. Well, the Packers have franchised. Last 2010, it was Ryan Pickett, the nose tackle. Yeah, but that was 11 sure. years at, ago. But Aaron Jones at eight and a half million dollars for one season. If that's awesome. if that's the way that Brian Gutekunst wants to go, that's a pretty smart way. I mean, you're getting him for what at least five ish million dollars. Yeah, for what he would be getting. Yeah, so you are getting him on a deal. But does Brian Gutekunst want to go the way of the running back? Does he want to re-sign Corey Lindsley? Does he want to look elsewhere in free agency? Well, it sounds like they're not going to re-sign Lindsley, right? Lindsley has been yeah, out there. Yeah, he definitely didn't sound like he yeah. was coming Lindsay back. Lindsley was on um, Sirius uh, XM NFL radio saying that I'm probably going to be snapping the ball elsewhere, have not heard a single word from the Packers. Do you want to go with Jamal Williams for even cheaper than Aaron Jones for a oh, multiple-year contract? Jamal for like five mil? Maybe even less. Yeah. Do you, do you want to draft a running back? He's um, got a lot of Do you want to add a, f- a high-end free agent? Because, Rowdy, there's going to be a lot of them out there. He's got a lot of Brian scenarios. Brian has a lot of decisions to make in this next week or so. Uh, Goody talks about Hero having flexibility to add a high-end free agent. I do think we'll be able to do that if the right player is there. I think a lot of that will be determined over the next few weeks as we kind of figure out this puzzle and, and decide on some of our own guys, which is always kind of the first step. But I do think if the right particular player is out there and we think it's the best thing for the Green Bay Packers, then uh, we'll be able to do it. We won't be able to do a lot, and I do think that there's certainly some restrictions, but the right guys there, I think we'd be able to do what we need to do. He is He is just perfect. He is the best at no answer answers. Well, we're looking at some of the cuts that are being made, and obviously the Packers, they cut uh, Rick Wagner. They've cut Christian Kirksey. There's been some other names that might potentially be on the chopping block for the Packers. But then look around the league. Earlier today we talked about how Golden, yeah, Golden Tate, Tate and who's the other Jared one? Cook. Yeah, Jared, Jared Cook. Those are two guys that I wouldn't mind seeing in a in a Packers uniform, especially if they're hanging around and hey, if Golden Tate's cheaper. around, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to watch out for his new fiance, Shailene Woodley, because Golden Tate, we've been Golden Tate, been known to be a home wrecker. But we watch we, out, Shailene. We've had guys like Rob Reichel. We've we've heard other uh, people around the league that have talked about how a lot of these free agents are going to be sitting around later this yep. year for cheaper. 
and maybe you find a guy like a Golden Tate that can come in and play some slot for you at a cheaper price than you normally would. So, I mean, there's so many... There's so many different avenues to go. Basically, this pandemic threw a wrench into everything. Rob Reichel, what's up, brother? Well, we'll try to bring some thunder then today for you, Evo. There's there's a lot to dissect through from that presser, as you well know. Rob, you bring the thunder 24-7, 365, baby. If it ain't on the Twitters, at Rob Reichel's on these airwaves right here for Over the Line. That's why we love you, buddy. What's happening today? Oh, just just another day is... <laughs> we wait for the world to reopen, right, Evo? Uh, well, Robbie, we could uh, take up residence in what Florida, Texas, Mississippi. You want to go start a radio show down there with me? Hey, Amen. I don't. Need, yeah, I, I, I would go in a second. Florida for how about Florida for state of the year, Evo? I'm down. I'll go to Texas too because we could be um, we could be hardened by the Wisconsin's winter. So you know, we could uh, we might be able to get her done there and i like steak I'm, I'm feeling a good steak tonight rob so there you go there you go nice rob so let me ask you brother we're uh we're watching i'm watching the packers press pressers what was it two days ago and brian gutekunst let's just let's just dive right into it because what noli and i were just talking about aaron jones and the franchise tag packers haven't franchised someone since ryan pickett 2010 could they do it with aaron jones robbie for what eight million dollars I, I think it really makes sense. I, I got the impression, you know, when, the, when those pressers ended on Tuesday, Evo, that the organizational mindset, uh, which has always, I shouldn't say always, but certainly back to Ted Thompson when he arrived in 05, has been obviously you, you play somewhat for today, but, you, but you're also playing for years and years and years down the road. And Ted, Ted was always conservative. Gutekunst has been a little bit, a little bit conservative too. You know, I know he made the big free agency splash a couple of years ago with with the Smiths and Turner and Amos, um, but it hasn't exactly been an organization that goes for it. Um, it the the door is you know is going to be wide open for them, Evo, this year if they want to quote unquote go for it. Um, they're only about five or six billion over the cap now. You know, they, they picked up about $10 million when they dumped Kirksey and, and, and Wagner a couple weeks ago. They'll, they'll certainly do some more adjusting and make, make a couple more cuts here, I think, in the next week to get themselves down under that number. But specifically to Jones, Ebo, you're not getting better when you lose one of your five or six best football players. I, I think they fully understand the window right now with Aaron Rodgers is two or three years. Um, they will in all likelihood extend Rodgers. Um, and, and put, you know, play around with that money a little bit, Evo, that, that he has coming due and, and give him some guarantees that not only is he the quarterback in 2021, but he might be the quarterback then as well in 2022, and they'll postpone the Jordan Love era <laughs> probably by, by restructuring Rodgers' contract. They'll pick up some money there. The Jordan um, Love the era. Bottom, the bottom line, Evo, is, is, is they're going to find a way to get, you know, Eight, ten, twelve, fifteen million dollars, whatever it turns out to be, under that cap. Um, I think I think they take Jones because I don't like the odds there of getting a long-term deal done. And they might even have some money. And Gutekunst referenced this the other day, Evo. They might even have some money to go out and sign a guy or two. Um, and there, are, we've we've talked about this on the show before, Evo. There are going to be some outstanding football players in the next week released. Guys, where you're shaking your head, going, "Oh my God, I can't believe so and so." just whacked him, and I, I can't believe the 49ers just whacked that guy. Kind of like Kyle Van Noy yesterday or two days ago yeah. uh, in, in Miami, you know, who had just signed a monster deal, of a, a really good linebacker. Um, it, there are going to be players like that, Evo, all over the league because 
you know this. I mean, half the league and then some has enormous salary cap issues going on right now. So it's it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a free for all. I I think you know one of the one of the reporters at the at the four letter yesterday, you know, quoted a GM saying there's going to be a massacre in the next week, yeah. and there could yep. be evil. There there absolutely could be. Michael Bidwell, who owns the Cardinals, um, said there's going to be a seismic shift in talent across the league in the next week. I mean, we've we've got some teams evil with. 50, 60, even as much as $80 million at cap space, which is what Jacksonville has, where they can go out and probably sign six, eight, ten starters if they want. We've got other teams like the Saints that are $70 million over the cap <laughs> that are going to be absolutely whacking Evo, really, really good football players. So it, it's going to be wild, but I, I think at the end of the day, um, Brian Gutekunst absolutely has to find a way to keep Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Again, he's one of your five or six best football players you to me, you are you know, and, and he's probably one of their best two or three just human beings inside the locker room. Oh yeah. Too, you know, well, Rob, you I know, mean, so. Nelly's, Nelly's got a question for you, but real quick on Aaron Jones, I said Aaron Jones, like, like, will he hold out? Will he sit out like Le'Veon Bell did or something? And I'm like. Well, Aaron Jones' military background, he's a team-first guy. It's always like, how can I help the team? How can I help you know my group of people that I'm with? Uh, do, w- could you see Aaron Jones holding out? Uh, three months ago, I would have told you on that, absolutely not, Evo, because you hit it there. Great family, military background, yes sir, no sir kind of a kid. Uh, just, just a really quality human being. But now his agent is Drew Rosenhaus, who was absolute scum of the earth. And, um, <laughs> I, you know... He's a great agent. Don't get me wrong. You, you see why people go to him, but you also see why teams hate negotiating with him because Drew Rosenhaus will use that holdout card, and, and you could see that coming then at some point in time from Aaron Jones. The thing is, even with that, Evo, I mean, Aaron Jones at 26 years old, um, you know, he might miss a training camp, let's say, Evo, but when, when the fines start to add up and the Packers and he still can't get a long-term deal done, you know, he's still playing for $500,000 a week, right, with that $8 million uh, salary he's going to have. A, a pretty good amount of money. At 26 years old, it's more money than that kid has ever seen in his life. Um, it, 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 in, in the prime of his life as a running back, it's a really tricky time to, <laughs> to, to, to think about a hole, though. You're not playing at 32, 33, 34 years old as a running back like you are a quarterback or some other positions. You know, Aaron, Aaron Jones now has about a three, four, five-year window to really go ahead and make his money. And is he going to leave $8 million of that on the table? I doubt it. But the, the wild card in all that, Evo, would, would be Drew Rosenhaus, who we've seen do that with several clients through the years. And, um, you know, that, that's why when some of these guys go out and get Rosenhaus, uh, the organizations and the teams just kind of shudder and shiver because they say, boy, now i, now I got to deal with this goofball. Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. No goofball here with Robbie. Uh, Rob, something else that Brian Gutekunst said. Now, listen, I know when you got, you know, heads of organizations from, from political figures all the way down to GMs of football teams, what they say on the podium, what they say to the public is just, is just trying to appease the masses. It's never what they're actually going to do. Like, it's always a bunch of BS, and sometimes you got to look through it. Um, I guess we're talking more politics. But GMs do that a lot, Robbie. When Brian Gutekunst kind of insinuated that Preston Smith wasn't going to be cut by the Packers, which I thought something we were going to do to get under the cap, were you surprised by that? Do you think they're going to stick with Preston Smith, or is it something they're, someone they're going to move on from? Well, everything you outlined there at the start, what you just said, Evo, is, 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 the, is the way to approach a statement like that, right? Um, if they get in front of a podium, they're not usually telling the truth. Uh, 
um, on a lot of things. Brian Gutekunst is probably a little more forthright than most of these guys, you know. But 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 I get a kick week in and week out when you know a, a coach will tell you he loves this wide receiver, and then the wide receiver plays four snaps, right? And 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 this safety has a has a bright future, and he's been you know they love Josh Jackson, right? For example, mm-hmm. and then Josh Jackson's in a you know. Uh, inactive the last two or three games of the season. So don't buy into a lot of what Brian Gutekunst stood up there or, or sat and you know said through a Zoom call on, on Tuesday afternoon, Evo. Um, I, I still think their first plan of attack with Smith will be to restructure. Um, <clears throat> Gutekunst went on a length the other day about the importance Really, maybe the number one importance of, of a defensive player and, you know, what he wants in, in a scheme is a handful, several guys to get after the quarterback. So, you know, are you going to get rid of one of your three or four best guys, uh, you know, uh, on the roster to get after quarterbacks? I think in Brian Gutekunst's world, he'd rather not do that. But, but again, uh, it, it, it's a $16 million tag, uh, or, I mean, uh, Salary cap hit it, 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 this year. It's it's twelve million in terms of of what he's owed actual money this particular season. They can go ahead, Evo, and get and get a lot of money off the books. Eight million dollars today if they would cut him. Twelve million if it's June one. Um, you know, we're talking Green Bay being five or six over the cap, Evo. That that's one move they could make, and boom, they're under the cap, right? So I, I think they will try to restructure that deal first. They do like Rashawn Gary a ton. It's time Gary plays more. The Darius is their guy. They're going to build that defense around the Darius. Really, Preston's now a third wheel. You know, he, he's not a $12, $13 million a year guy moving forward, I think, inside this defense. It's, it's more a six or an $8 million deal. Um, the thing is, will Preston Smith renegotiate? Will he take that kind of money? Because, Evo, if he's one of these guys they whack, he's also one of these guys we're talking about that's going to be sitting on the street, I think, in May and June mm-hmm. and sign the one-year $4 million kind of deal, a prove-it kind of a deal. So in Preston Smith's best move, it might, you know, his best move might be to go ahead and renegotiate that contract as well. My, my guess, Evo, is, is that is probably now what is going to happen. They'll redo that deal. They might not whack him, but I, I again, I cannot imagine they bring him back for the money right now, at least that he's on the hook for. Yeah, Rob, I'm fascinated to see what happens in the NFL with all these front offices because you have the uh, franchise tag date. You have the official date where they can start signing guys, and then you have the June 1st dates because that's Preston Smith, just like you said, isn't the only player. It's going to be a ton of players, and I think it's going to be – Kind of uh, fascinating and interesting to see how some of these GMs uh, move through this offseason. Oh, you, I mean, you're, you're spot on there, Nelly. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, think, think of it this just just in the last you know 24 hours, right? We we see some really good veterans get released: Golden Tate, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Kyle Van Noy, like I mentioned earlier, and and we're a week away from. Actually, you know, we're, we're we're two weeks away from the start of the new league year, which is which is the seventeenth. Now, teams can start tampering already. That legal tampering. <laughs> I love period that term. <laughs> on, on that Monday, the fifteenth, and then the new league year starts the seventeenth. The the tag day is actually the ninth, right? So that's what next Tuesday, I believe, where where they'd have to have you know a guy like Aaron Jones, for example, tag. Um, but no, I mean, that, Nelly, you're you're spot on. Wait. You look at some of these teams, the Saints 70 over, the Eagles 45 over, the Falcons 27, the Rams and Chiefs 
23, 24, 25 over. We're talking pretty good football teams, right, um, that, that are going to have to dump three, four quality, quality starters that, that, again, could be sitting on the street at the end of the draft because a lot of teams will see if they can fill their needs in the draft first and do it you know, at a, at a, at a far better uh, price economically than, than going ahead and signing a high-priced veteran. Um, and, and, and that's why this is a really interesting kind of critical offseason, I think, guys, for Green Bay. And, and if they do want to go for it, they can. They can find a way to get 10, 15, 20 under the cap, Nelly, and, and they can find – you know, a Will Fuller maybe sitting on the street on on June first and get him at a good at a good price. You know, the the, the kid they tried to trade for back you know in the middle of the season at the trading deadline. They can find an inside linebacker on the cheap. They can find a guard on the cheap. They can probably fill Kevin King's job on the cheap. Um, they do not have to play. You know, they do not have to, to, to necessarily draft three or four starters coming up this year. Um, I think, guys, they can really find two or three high-level quality starters on the street in June. And, and, and as I look at the Packers, too, right now, guys, and, and you kind of guess how this is going to play out, and, and I'm going to guess right now that they wind up taking Jones. The only significant loss on offense is going to be Corey Lindsley. And then you look to the defense. You know, they've already cut Kirksey. I don't know that I would call that significant. They've got young linebackers just as good, if not better, than him. They're going to lose Kevin King. Maybe they cut a Dean Lowry. But my point there, guys, is Green Bay's losses are not going to be nearly to the extent that some other really good football teams are going to suffer, right? The Saints at 70 over are going to cut four or five of their starters. The Rams at 25 over are going to have to get rid of some some really good players. The Chiefs at 25 over are going to have to get rid of some really good players. So, guys, if Green Bay can bring back 18, 19 starters, find some people on the street in, in June, have a good draft, they've got a chance to be right back in that NFC Championship type of a game and knocking on the door again next year of a Super Bowl. Rowdy, go back yeah, at it. I think basically what this last calendar year or so has showed us is that probably the best of the best GMs are really rising to the top because going into last year's NFL draft, there wasn't a ton of uh, combine stuff. There wasn't a ton of pro days, so they had limited access to some of that type of stuff when it came to drafting, and now all of a sudden we just talked about it, the maneuvering of different contracts and how you can get under the salary cap versus do you want to pay this guy a $16 million? Do you want to you know, take your medicine and pay him 8 and see if you can get people later on down the line for cheaper? I think it'll just show that the better GMs will rise to the top and those teams will really uh, succeed more than the lesser GMs that are more or less incompetent in their role. <laughs> I, I think it's a fair point, and, and I think you're going to have a lot of teams too, Nelly, that approach this offseason because there are, there are so many unknowns when it comes to the draft and even – so many players that bypass the, the 2020 college football season that a lot of these teams are going to go into the draft thinking, you know, on a normal year, they might get seven or eight guys that contribute and two or three that come out of there as starters. And, and it's going to be really hard to match those kind of numbers this particular year, just because there's so much unknown when it comes to the draft, they're not going to be able to have mm-hmm. there. Obviously we lost the combine last week. Um, you know, that they're, they're not going to be able to have the contact they've had in the past with, with some of these draft-eligible players. There's not as much film on some of these guys as the GMs would want. So it's going to be a trickier year to fill needs in the draft. You know, if, that's why, to me, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, 
Um, I, I try to find a way to get 15 under the cap or whatever, and I can really fill some needs probably June 1st and post-June 1st. So, you know, o- o- over the next 10 days, I know Packer Nation's going to freak out. Corey Lindsley's going to sign with somebody. You know, Jamal Williams is going to sign with somebody. Kevin King's going to sign with somebody. I'm just telling you that it's a long time before they play a football game. And they've got a, yeah. and Brian Gutekunst has five months yet to put together his roster, and he's going to have some really intriguing options available to him later on this summer, guys. Real quick, Rob, I think it's I think <laughs> it's up, a, a big, big uh, high risk, high reward type uh, thing, and I think it's time for Brian Gutekunst to uh, officially take a risk and go all in because he's got the MVP at quarterback. I I couldn't agree more. They've they've really like we've said never gone quote unquote all in here since Ted Thompson arrived, and, and they haven't made those kind of splashes and moves. I, again, I thought it was really interesting the other day when Gutekunst said he's going to be able to position them, them financially to make a major, you know, maybe make one major splash. Now, I think he can find, you know, maybe that's, you know, let's, let's say that's a Zadarius Smith type of player from a couple of years ago. I think he can find two or three really high-level, mid, you know, mid-level starters in there too, Nelly. Um, you know, to, to fill needs, a, a Corey Lindsley need, for example, a Kevin, a Kevin King need, um, you know, fill his inside linebacker need, things like that. I, you know, guys, at the end of the day, and, and you, you kind of go team by team and break it down roster by roster, especially the teams that made the playoffs last year, Green Bay's got a chance to, to bring back the overwhelming majority of their players from, you know, starters from a year ago and then and put themselves in, in financial position to go make a splash here in May or June after the draft when they see exactly what their needs are and really make a run for it in 2021. And, and I'm with you, Nelly, uh, because right now they've had 30 years of unbelievable quarterback play. They have two Super Bowls to show for it. That's not enough when you, put, when you, when you go Brett Favre 16 years and, and now Aaron Rodgers the last 13 and however many more he, he's going to play here. So, they uh, they need to make a big time run here, guys, and and I think the fan base is fine with that. If if they're six and ten in twenty twenty six, that's fine. Who cares, right? If they can win a Super Bowl or two yet before Aaron Rodgers is done, I think anybody would trade a couple of down years down the road for a run at a championship right now. Hundred percent. Rob, it's quiet. Rob, always a pleasure, my friend. I was going to ask you some other questions about Joe Barry. Real quick, Rob, give me 30 seconds. Joe Real Barry quick. now with his uh, with his last little presser here, his first presser, I should say. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's like a breath of fresh air. I actually believe what he's saying, and I love that he's learning from his mistakes and growing from it. They interviewed for like 14-plus hours. Real quick, Rob, 30 seconds. Did Joe Barry impress you with his first presser? It's tough for me to do 30 seconds. You know that, but I'll do my best, Evo. Yes, he, he absolutely won the press conference. He was a rock star. Uh, that that particular day, owning up to past mistakes, learning learning from those mistakes, the you know the cuts that he has as, as, as he defined it, and, and things like that, the scars that that he's had through the years. Uh, now, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to can he take this unit from being you know tenth in, in the vicinity of about tenth, um, you know, last year under Mike Pettin in, in most of the major statistical categories, and take it up a notch. He needs he needs a couple more players on that side. Um, I think it's really interesting, Evo, that he retained every single coach from that defensive side of the football. So, in essence, all they did was replace the head. The body stays the same. Um, there's, there's enough talent, and the rest of that coaching staff is pretty good. And, you know, and, and if he can do some of the things that the Rams did last year, that let, let's look at his last stop, 
with Staley, who is, you know, now a, now a head coach. Um, I think Green Bay's got a chance, but um, you know, he's got a lot to prove. Love though, it. no question, Evo, in, you know, in, in in the next year or so, because his past stints in Washington and Detroit have been abysmal. Rob, you took it all the way down to the shot clock, but you got your shot up and nothing but net from the three point <laughs> line, baby. I wish the Badgers could have taken some notes. Rob, always a pleasure, brother. We'll check you out at Forbes.com and Twitter at Rob Reichel. Appreciate it, boys. Have a great day. <laughs> See you, buddy.